Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious Easter corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with Tom Dorian. Present. And... And, like and Sam Rodriguez. I'm here to, so, to make you laugh. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just, I'm glad you are present. Thank you. It's always nice to have gifts. Thank you. You're a gift. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Very good. So we are, uh, we're just, we're knee deep in Easter now. We are. That's kind of cool. It's totally mm-hmm. cool. Hallelujah, everybody. Um, and so uh, we, this is uh, traditionally a, a weekend, uh, this, East, this weekend, the third uh, Sunday, well, fourth Sunday of Easter, I guess. Is when we do Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd Sunday. So Good stuff. We, we thought we'd talk a little bit about that because uh, you know a lot of times we just again there's things in our Catholic faith that we just kind of do, mm-hmm. and and I would imagine that a lot of people didn't even know we did this. They've heard that Good Shepherd thing, mm-hmm. so we maybe we should start by like trying to describe what is a Good Shepherd. Well, it's somebody's going to look out for you. It's going to protect you. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna uh, fight off the bears and the wolves and uh, make sure you're fed and watered and wow, you're literally into the livestock thing. <laughs> How can you not be, man? You're right. Well, one a bunch thing, of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I'm reminded of is the fact that David, you know, and Christ comes in the line of David was himself a shepherd. And if you uh, recall before his fight with Goliath. When people thought, "How is this little guy going to fight Goliath?" He was throwing sheep at him, wasn't he? Well, what? no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's in a special a translation. Uh, <laughs> but uh, not, not USCCB approved. But, yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> but when he was bring up what he had learned as a shepherd to present himself as a warrior capable of taking on Goliath, and he said, "Don't you know that when lions come after my flock, I chase the lions down." Wow. And kill them, which means it's not just chasing them away. He chases them down until and and kills them to their dead, (laughs) which is pretty fantastic. He doesn't want them coming back. Right. Wow. That's kind of cool. You know, I will say this. I don't know if that uh, Moses did this, but Moses was a shepherd, too. Yeah. He was was an actual shepherd before God uh, chose him to shepherd his people, Israel, you know, out of captivity. So, So I don't know if he killed anybody in the process but uh perhaps you know you chased a few lines i guess i don't know but i do think that's uh that's that's neat to know like so a good shepherd so not only do they destroy the threat right as jesus would do and but they also they take care of them they feed them right right and so we're fed by the good shepherd and so the the eucharist and things like these uh are really cool i i, I know that uh, this image of jesus being the good shepherd is a, it's an ancient one in the church uh, in fact, when I went and visited Rome, uh, we went out to the catacombs, which are sort of out in the hills, right? They're not in the city. Uh, so you go out into these catacombs, and the one at uh, St. Callisto, San Callisto uh, catacomb has uh, an, one, the oldest depiction of Jesus as the Good Shepherd in it. It's uh, you know, a painting on one of the, one of the walls, uh, and it's, it's just quite neat to think that even back then, Maybe the second or third century, they're thinking this is what Jesus is, and I'm, I'm sure they were taking this from uh, the tenth chapter of John. I mean, just mm-hmm. knowing what Jesus talks about, 
being the the good shepherd, right? And uh, the reading that we have this weekend uh, at Mass. And so we ought to go through some of this. Um, you know, and I think it's a short reading, so it won't take long, right? But mm-hmm. I love the readings in Scripture that are short, but they're literally packed with stuff. Okay. It, t- it takes a while to even unpack some of this. But um, let's read it. It's uh, John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. So there's like a lot going on here. Jesus didn't like, you know, mess around with a lot of flowery sentences that just had lots of neat little images. It's like everything had means something in this in this scripture passage. Uh, and of course all of it relates to him being the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. Right? And we also recount like some of the parables Jesus told about remember he talked about the shepherd that the good shepherd is the one that would leave the ninety nine to go and find the one. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that should make all of us who who sin and feel like maybe we're not worthy that Jesus loves us and he would he would come after us. Mm-hmm. Right, he wants us. He desires each one of us to be uh, in his fold or in his flock. Um, so let's start at the very beginning of that, right? Where Jesus said, "My sheep hear my voice." Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting phrase. My sheep hear my voice, and I'm thinking it just seems like a commonplace. Like my kids hear my voice, and it's almost like it's incomplete. Well, so what? Right? So what? They hear your voice. So what? My kids hear my voice. And it it almost like it, it begs you know what's next? Well, they know them. Well, so before we get to the no part, though, mm-hmm. my sheep hear my voice. I want to talk about. I want to. I'm going to stop there mm-hmm. and say my sheep hear my voice. And and my question is this: Do we? Good question. <laughs> you hear that right. long pause afterwards, <laughs> right? Because it's 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 like this. I mean, Jesus says something like, "My sheep hear my voice." And I, and I actually think that most people don't hear his voice. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not going to say I always do, mm-hmm. but I am going to say that I try and I want to and I desire that. And so there are things in my life that I might need to adjust so that I can hear it and hear it more clearly. Right. But I think a lot of people don't hear his voice. And I'm not trying to judge uh, like I can go through the list of politicians <laughs> Right. And say, no, no, he doesn't. She doesn't. He doesn't. You know, and and I think we all probably would know who we might think would be those people. But that's not our job. Right. Right. And really, you know, the scripture is talking to each one of us. My sheep hear my voice and I want to be counted among uh, one of his sheep, which means I want to be um, one of the ninety nine or even the one that he would come after. Right. Right. But for him to come after and to call, I want to be able to hear his voice and how much stuff is going on in the world. The great cacophony of noise that's out there, right? Hard to hear. Yeah, if we're not listening, if we're not if we're not tuned in to to hear him, we don't hear his voice. Right. In fact, worse than that, I think Sam, we hear other people's voices. Oh, absolutely. And we might even think that that might be the Lord, and it's not. Right, because we're, we're 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 tuned in to the wrong things, right? And one thing that came to mind as you were talking was a lot of people don't realize this, but the healing miracles of Christ, where he was healing their uh, the blind, he was healing the deaf. Uh, that ancient Jewish law made it where you weren't quote you know fit for worship in the temple if you were 
blind or if you were deaf or if you had leprosy and that these healing miracles it wasn't just about making them feel better or be better physically it was actually making them fit for worship right and our faith is one bless you bless you yes (laughs) our faith is one that is uh as it says in the beginning of the letter from john what we've seen with our eyes what we touch with our hands and we experience our Catholic faith through our senses. We, we, we exist bodily with senses and we take God in through our senses. And he wants us to be able to also take him in through our, our sense of hearing in a variety of ways. But one of the things I want to counterbalance this against is Psalm, uh, one of the Psalms that says, uh, speaking of those who have idols in their life, says they have ears, but do not hear. They have eyes, but do not see. They have mouths, but do not speak. Mm. You know, those who those who put their trust in idols become like them. Hmm. Right. And so we have to actually, if we want to have ears to hear Christ, we have to, if we're, if we're having trouble hearing Christ, it might be because we're putting our trust in the wrong yeah. thing. Listen to the wrong stuff. Yes. Yeah. So then we have to decide maybe what exactly is his voice? How do we hear him uh, today is something else I was thinking about. Um, it's it's not the same as like did you hear that guy Jesus like he's coming to town they said he's coming to town and we can go and stand you know and he's going to preach from the from mount wherever and he's going to stand there on the side of the hill and we're going to all gather around and actually hear his voice i don't know that jesus meant that my sheep hear my voice uh especially 2000 years nearly 2000 years later where do we hear his voice now i mean certainly we through the scriptures Right, mm-hmm. and certainly, um, you know, people in our lives, uh, angels. Just the idea that that God would place people in our path that would that would help us, uh, um, and maybe even they don't even know they're doing that. But we're all sort of like, and and how many people have like warned us of things or thought of things that we needed to know, and they wanted to help us, and they love us, and they were, and, and our experience of God was through them, mm-hmm. right? That's His voice. That's Jesus' voice, and then certainly at Mass. Right, his his very presence, literally his presence in the Eucharist, but but we can hear him in the bells that ring. You know, for people that don't want to have bells anymore and think, oh, the bells are silly. No, no, no. That we we, we you mentioned we worship with our senses. You know, we're, this is the theology of the body at, at work here, and his voice, um, you know, comes to us in the gospel uh, that's read, um, and certainly um, the singing, sacraments. the sacraments, all these things. Um, that's that's his voice, and so. My sheep hear my voice, and I want to be in that club. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear his voice. Now, I have to respond to his voice, but I, want to, I, I have to hear it first, right? right. And so we need, to, uh, we need to tune ourselves into Jesus' voice, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. And then he follows that with, I know them. Right. He says, I know them, and they follow me, but I know them. And I want to, I want to get back to that reiterating. We've talked about it before on this show that when Jesus says, I know you, Mm. It's not just a uh, like I know your name. He can look at you and go like I I know your I know something about you. Your favorite color is this, and you you know, or I know what day of the week it is, or I know what two plus two is. It's not just sort of a casual kind of a knowledge. It's an intimate knowledge. Mm-hmm. In the same way we've talked about where uh, you know Adam knew Eve. That's what the Bible says. To know someone in the biblical sense made mean you were going to have a baby. Right. Right. And so in that intimacy that belonged exclusively between that couple in the same way when jesus says i know them 
He's intimate with us, not in a sexual way. He's intimate intimate with with us in a way that's like it's just it's just this 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 relationship, it's a covenantal bond. Uh, amen. You know, right? And it's and it's very specific and it's it's exclusive. Right. Right. And so that's that's a profound kind of knowing. Mm-hmm. Right, which which leads to the next sentence, which is they follow me. See, if Jesus knows you, mm-hmm. He has a relationship with you, which will cause you not to go like I don't care. You're not going to say I don't care if Jesus knows you, right? If you're a member of His fold, if if you're one of His sheep and you hear His voice and He knows you, you will follow Him mm-hmm. because you will know that there's nothing else, there's nothing else in the world that would satisfy like like He satisfies. And contrast this, what you just laid out with what I believe is at the end of the, the Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about those who say, Lord, Lord. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, that, that, that I, I never say, knew me. I, I knew never you. knew you. They might have done mighty deeds in his name. Right. Right. And preached his words to yeah. others. We don't want to be in that club. No. no. Right. No. <laughs> we don't want to be a bil- the billionaire that gives everybody all these, these wonderful foundations and, and does all these things but doesn't know Jesus. Right. right and doesn't follow Jesus and that that is a travesty they might have done wonderful things mm-hmm. with all of their money with all of their you know but it's like but they didn't know him right it wasn't him doing it in them that's right amen all right we have more to talk about the good shepherd here uh, when we come back before we do that I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website thecatholiccafe.com also uh, you need to social media wise what do they need to do oh Sam? please find us on Facebook on Twitter on Instagram follow us uh, like our stuff share our stuff comment on it it makes a difference that's right talk about Tom's hair we oh, need to have a whole yes. thing set up on Tom's hair <laughs> we do and also uh, I'd love to hear from you send me an email Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com and with that we'll be right back and this is another great moment in church history. When you think of saints, you often think of saintly qualities like patience, love, humility, and generosity. Not so with St. Jerome, a priest and doctor of the church born in the mid-4th century. On more than a few occasions, St. Jerome stood outside the church doors doing penance for his bad temper. While this was true, more than anything he was a staunch defender of the truth and an ardent lover of the Word of God. He felt that anyone who taught error was an enemy of God to be defeated with the swift and sure strokes of his powerful pen. St. Jerome was a scholar of great wisdom and understanding. He was a master of Latin, Greek, and Hebrew and he spent many years in study in the celebrated centers of scholarship like Rome and Alexandria. He was a great student of sacred learning because he realized its vital role in obtaining the beatific vision. He once said, Let us learn upon earth those things which can call us to heaven. Sometimes feared for his veracity, but always known to be a genuine man of God, St. Jerome was respected by his peers. St. Augustine said of him, What Jerome does not know, no mortal man has ever known. He was very prolific in his writings. Above all, his scriptural writings have been without equal in the history of the Church. St. Jerome is most remembered for his translation of the Bible into the common or vulgar language of the people, making it more accessible to the common people. 
called the Vulgate, his vigilant and meticulous translation was very popular and became the standard version of the Bible for over a thousand years. Many who question the authority of the Church like to point to the fact that St. Jerome openly opposed the inclusion of the seven deuterocanonical books in the official canon of the Bible. While this is true, as he rarely held his opinions to himself, few people realize that ultimately St. Jerome recognized, upheld, and defended the authority of Holy Mother Church in defining the canon, and placed the books in their rightful place in the Bible. In 402 AD, St. Jerome wrote regarding this issue, What sin have I committed if I follow the judgment of the churches? At the end of his life, St. Jerome finally settled in Bethlehem, where he lived in a cave believed to be the birthplace of Jesus. He died there in 420 AD. His feast day is September 30th. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Ziggy and Tom. And we are talking about Jesus the Good Shepherd. Yes, we are. We're reading from the 10th chapter of John. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. And it's your favorite reading because it's the shortest. No, it's not the only reason. But I like short readings because okay. they're they're chock full. Yeah, and, right? and and this one's special. You're not going to find a gooder shepherd. More than gooder. Jesus. There you go. I am the goodest shepherd. I am the goodest. So uh, we are. Uh, we're talking about. We talked about my sheep hear my voice, and we kind of question: Do people actually hear his voice? Uh, and then talked about Jesus knowing his sheep, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and then also they follow me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here's the thing: um, I think we want to be in, in, included in this club, right? I, think I mean, you're I, right. I, I, it's like we want to be in this flock. And I think most people would say, "Hey, do you do you want to go to heaven?" I mean, if you ask that question, people are going to say yes. And the problem is, we get confused as to how that happens in the in the modern world that's where people aren't hearing his voice mm-hmm. right where jesus ends up jesus doesn't know them they don't know jesus and they certainly don't follow him then and why people can be saying things you look in politics now and you see somebody say something uh and you're thinking how is that even you you don't hear his voice right i mean it just uh, somebody said that it would be unchristian to eliminate abortion and it's like, wait, you're not hearing his voice, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're not listening. And there's a great sadness in that. But this thing about following him, right, it's a club we want to be in. We're, we're trying to be in that club. And it's like, it's gonna like, so what does that club look like? What does the flock look like, mm-hmm. right? So this next line that's after the they follow me part, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Mm-hmm. That's a good club. I mean, that's a good flock. You want to be in that flock. Right. That, that flock's going places. Right? <laughs> you know? And, 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 and so that's that. And when I hear that, um, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, it, it instantly makes me think of Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Because you're thinking like, well, wait, people are in that flock and they still die, right? What is Jesus talking about? So the ones that hear his voice, the ones that, that he knows, and the ones that follow him, essentially are being led to Mother Church, 
right? The church that Jesus established where he feeds us, as Tom talked about what a good shepherd did, mm-hmm. fed all of his sheep and feeds us with Eucharist. And I, 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 again, I think of that phrase, you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, by all rights, I should be a big Twinkie. I, I, I admit it. Uh, but, you know, when we, when we eat the eternal food, right, we become eternal. I mean, we, we, we sense eternity. And so it's like when we consume eternity, when we, when we consume him, right, when we consume Jesus, he is eternity, right? He is eternal. And so we consume him. It's just like putting us on the road to eternity and the right road to be in the right club, the right flock. Right. Right. And this is what a good shepherd does. Mm-hmm. Well, oftentimes we, we find ourselves in our culture only thinking in terms of, of salvation is something that happens after you die at some point in the future. Do we often, how are we asking ourselves, am I living out heaven now? Am I living out purgatory now? Or am I living out hell now? Cause you can live out any one of those things. Right now, where you are. That's true. Or you could be confusing and say you're a pre trib post millennial or something, <laughs> right? Given the, the Protestant definitions of tribulation and millennialism and all that kind of stuff and get confused. I, I always am when, when I talk to someone like that. But um, when you mention salvation, this interesting, this next sentence that Jesus says in that reading is something that a lot of people take this because you're saying that salvation happens maybe further down the path, um, where a Protestant might tell you, that it, it can happen right now. Mm-hmm. If you say these words, if you mean this, if you pray this prayer and you mean it, mm-hmm. this is what happens. But um, Jesus then says, no one can take them out of my hand. Right? So the good shepherd holds on to his sheep. No one can take them out of my hand. And I've heard this verse quoted to me a couple of times when someone's saying, you know, this concept where our separated brothers and sisters say, once saved, always saved. Once you have been saved, you can never be taken out of his hand. Jesus specifically says that. No one can take them out of my hand. Does that mean once saved, always saved? Doesn't that sort of prove that? And this is where it gets to be tricky because you have to read the rest of it. And what you start to find out is it doesn't mean that. So Jesus says, no one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand, right? So when you hear that, it reminds me again of the John chapter 6. Do you remember John chapter 6? So mm-hmm. like towards the end of the, the Bread of Life discourse, he lets people leave. Mm. He lets he walk, right, disciples he walk, walk out away. Out that's exactly right. Right. Because he even says earlier, like 29 verses earlier in John chapter 6, he says that this is the will of the one who sent me. This is the will of the Father, that I lose nothing that the Father gave me. This is the Father's will. I do not lose them. They, no one can take you out of my hand. But as you rightly point out, Tom, you can walk out on your own. Right. Because he lets people walk away because they didn't want to believe. Prodigal son. Right. Well, he loved them enough to let them go. That's right. You, you, so it's like... You know, the one saved, always saved thing, it's sort of like if you believe that, um, you, you essentially believe that you have no free will after that point. Right. And that's problematic because you know, now you truly are a potted plant. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, uh, you know, um, I don't, I'm not judging and I, and I don't want to be disrespectful to people. But it's like I don't want to be in a situation where it's like once I make this commitment to the Lord, I know no one else can pull me out. Right. But you can take yourself out. That's right. 
because to the day I day, this is the day I die. This is why St. Paul says that he's working out of salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. And you know, not that I've already accomplished this, mm-hmm. right? That's what he's talking about. You know, and the, and the the one who perseveres wins the race. We've got to persevere, right? Right. But a good shepherd has a firm grasp on his sheep. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to lose them. It's his, his desire to keep everyone in the flock, mm-hmm. right? And he's not going to let somebody come and and pull them out and steal them from him. Right, the bandits that come along the side of the road and want to steal the sheep. So the devil wants to take you out of the flock. Jesus will not let that happen. If you trust him, if you believe the good shepherd, if you listen to the good shepherd, hear his voice, if he knows you, you follow him, then you're safe. Right. And I think one thing that keeps us in that flock and keeps us following him, uh, you know, I think back to this, the, the, the good shepherd Psalm, Psalm 23, where he says, uh, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. And a lot of people don't necessarily know what that means. You know, there's nothing I shall want. Well, I kind of want a Snickers bar. Where is that? You know, and it's another way of looking at it is, and I heard uh, uh, this as an alternative translation, which has always been helpful to me, is the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. Yeah. And so it's a statement of the importance of poverty in spirit. Right. Is to, to receive what you have now. As being exactly what you need mm-hmm. to grow in your walk with him, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And we could always say, yeah, but I still don't have this. If only I had that or if only I had that. No. What you have right now, you have everything that you need mm-hmm. for where you are right now in your walk with him. And see, that goes back to that very first part, my sheep hear my voice. Because if we are listening to the wrong things, then all of a sudden we have needs. Yes. Right? We realize at certain times of year... We need to have indulgent chocolate. We need to have like teddy bear like pajamas. We we've got to have flowers. We've got to have these things. And it's like you need this. I do need all those things. I by know the way. you do, and I hope you get them all one day. <laughs> My brain's stuck back there on teddy bear pajamas and Deacon Jeff. But the point the point of all this is what what do we truly need? Jesus is all we truly need. He is the provision. And he gives right. and he and he gives that to us mm-hmm. if we trust him. If we hear his voice, if he knows us, if we follow him. Start listening. Yeah, amen. And, of course, he rounds that out with the Father and I are one. I I just love that because a lot of people think, like, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. (laughs) Well, that pretty much is one of the times where he basically says the Father and I are one. He doesn't say we're like each other or that uh, we share some of the same aspects or attributes, you know, or that we got the same last name. Well, he does say that, I am. That's right. Yeah. But the whole point is, Jesus is the good shepherd. And I pray you hear his voice, and I pray that he know you and that you follow him. Amen. Let's pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the the hour hour of our our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.